This is officially, I think, the first queen deep dive that I could admit I didn't realize this was queen for a very long time, for way too long in my life. I'd heard this song so many times. I didn't know it was queen. No idea. There was simply no connection for me from things like Bohemian Rhapsody, We Will Rock You, all of the hits that everybody knows are queen from a pretty early age. This song was not something that sounded like those songs. And that's the beauty of not only Queen, but especially this album, their wonderful fourth album, A Night at the Opera. And this is dive number 38, track number four on the album. Ladies and gentlemen, this is You're My Best Friend. Bassist John Deacon's sole contribution to the album and what... A remarkable piece this is because context, this is the second song John contributed. The second song that John wrote and actually brought onto a Queen record. He was very shy about this. He wasn't one to say, ooh, ooh, I've got, I've got a composition. I've got something. He was very, very hard on himself as a composer, as a writer, very hesitant but he brought this forth and guess what? This was a single. Not only that, it charted number seven in the UK, number 16 in the US, released in June of 1976. Almost hard to believe that this song, the second song that John wrote and put on a Queen album did so amazingly well, but this is his charm. This is his little secret sauce. John is kind of the dark horse. I've heard Brian say this quite a bit about him, that John didn't say much or bring much to the table, but when he did, it was pretty magical. This is all soulful pop rock or a ballad. Yeah, I've actually read this is a ballad. I I was reading about how the guys released this as a single and that it was the first time they considered releasing sort of a single, a lead single as a ballad. And I thought... Okay, (laughs) this doesn't strike me as a ballad. It's a little bit too, not only fast in tempo, but it's a little bit too peppy for that. But okay, we're at 119 beats per minute and we're in 4-4 time signature. It's kind of a shuffle beat in the key of C major and a brief A minor as well. This song is one of the brightest things in Queen's catalog. If you haven't heard it already, You're going to love it because this is John Deacon's love letter to his wife. Or at least that's, I suppose, maybe just the biggest assumption ever that has turned into a fact. I see that written everywhere. And I've even heard it said by Brian and maybe even Roger, if I'm remembering correctly. But At the end of the day, John never said much about his songs. The guys were all a little bit private about that sort of thing. There wasn't a whole lot of, oh, where did this come from, dude, when one of them would bring a song forward. There was never a lot of questioning. There was never a lot of interrogation about the context of the song. When one of the guys brought a song to record on an album, the other guys just trusted said composer and said, okay, 
Let's rock with this. We like this. Let's do it. So maybe this isn't actually a personal letter of sorts, a love letter that John wrote for his wife. But the truth is, he did this right after they got married. And (laughs) I could assume that he was largely inspired by that feeling. So let's just stick with that for the sentiment of this and the loveliness of it and the happiness of it. This is John's letter for his wife. And it might be Queen's sweetest, happiest single ever. And it's no wonder. John's melodic bassline, it's totally hummable. If you focus on those sounds through this song, you can hear that melody. I love when John does this in his compositions. He flowers them up with so much embellishment that isn't just marking time. It's not just doing something that's there for the sake of impressing. There's a lot of emotion and a lot of expression in his bass lines here. Freddie's passionate lead vocals. I love Freddie's vocals in this number. And the boys' very rich three, four-part harmonies are simply adorable and so lovable. So yeah, likely inspired by John's new marriage. And with the previous composition under his belt, he has clearly evolved as a songwriter and provides one of his best ever in You're My Best Friend. And John plays not only his ever-present bass, but electric piano, which was a stroke of genius, making this both instantly recognizable and a standout in Queen's catalog. And Celesta, in a very charming and much-needed burst of brightness and sparkle. His ideas for sound and inclusion of those instruments, I think, further expand Queen's already extensive list of genres and styles. Roger's simple but memorable drum arrangement, Brian's lyrical guitars, Freddie's soulful take, and John rocking several instruments. This is a number that's unique and bright in the boys' catalog, and its poppy and catchy appeal has impressed for decades. Thoughtful and comforting melodies and chord progressions, John has captured romantic and best friend love in a way. No other queen ever did with genuine and almost childlike appreciation and such devotion. Where some of the guys kind of focus on brief affairs or shiny distractions, even Brian, who's very thoughtful and nostalgic, we'll see in some of his compositions, he's very passionate with some of his expressions and lyrics in later songs. John expresses lifelong companionship an investment in his love. Oh, and the hand claps. I got to talk about the hand claps. We love hand claps, especially on a Queen record. This is intelligent pop at its absolute best. And the guys knew it. The guys knew that this was awesome. I think they probably knew this was going to go over well. They played it 249 times from 76 through 80. But it's such an enduring number Many cover bands and artists have played it over the years. Freddie would pound this out on the piano in a lively and danceable style, and the guys would effectively, sans Celesta, unfortunately, deliver a delightful performance every time. And John always indulged in his melodic bass lines, and Freddie, Roger, and Brian would perfectly harmonize. And hey, we even hear Raj singing out 
happy at home, that lyric, happy at home. More on that in a minute. It's kind of a funny story. Freddie's singing was often stronger than the album version, no doubt from belting it out fervently all night long. But even with a tone less tender or romantic, the guys are in unison, tightly locked in, and powerful. Improvisations from Brian and those fun guitar licks and riffs and John's very, very present, almost lead-like bass arrangement. It's a fun time with Roger on lots of cymbals and Freddie likely happily taking a breather playing the piano. The guys would sometimes drop a few vocal harmonies doing this live, but otherwise the performance is familiar enough to be just as lovable, even if it's a bit shorter. Some comments from the guys, and here's where we're going to get into some of that story stuff that's so kind of amusing. During a 77 interview with Tom Brown on BBC Radio 1, both John and Freddie talked about the now iconic use of the Wurlitzer electric piano, which is so distinctive and immediately recognizable. John said, quote, well, Freddie didn't like the electric piano, so I took it home and I started to learn on the electric piano. And basically, that's the song that came out, you know, when I was learning to play piano. It was written on that instrument, and it sounds best on that, unquote. First of all, I love the fact that John just took it upon himself to do this. Incredible motivation and initiative. And I love it that I'm, this might be the first John quote I've ever had. Okay, maybe not. But it's still great to have a John quote because I rarely find them because he spoke so little, even in interviews. Now, Freddie's words, Freddie's response to that statement from John, the same interview, Freddie said, quote, I refused to play the damn thing. <laughs> it's tinny and horrible and I don't like them. Why play those things when you've got a lovely, superb, grand piano? No, I think basically what John is trying to say is it was the desired effect, unquote. <laughs> so Freddie's admitting he hated the electric piano, hated it. But you know what? I have to agree with John on this one. This was a good call because had this been simply piano in the album version, this wouldn't have stood out like it does. That electric piano creates this magical one-off sound on a Queen record. Now back to that thing I mentioned about Roger singing Happy at Home. This is, this is the deal. In a particularly amusing, more recent statement, Brian recounts arguments surrounding that lyric, I'm happy at home. He said, quote, that line, happy at home. I can remember Roger going, I don't want that effing line. We're not gonna sing happy at home for F's sake. This is rock and roll. <laughs> Unquote. Now, Roger, first of all, yeah, he evidently despised it. But what's interesting is in defense of the guy's different styles being part of the rock and roll brand, Roger specifically said, it's not camp, it's rock and roll. There's a lot of rock and roll music there. That was in a later interview after this album had been released. So of course he's talking to the music press and he wants to make a point, but... <laughs> It just goes to show you that privately, when the guys would collaborate and write and work together, their personal, very personal sentiments and opinions were raw and out there for all of them to know and understand. So in this case, Roger absolutely did not want a saying about being at home because he and Brian especially loved being on the road. I think Freddie did as well. 
I know that John, especially after he got married, and this is the sweetest thing about this, guys, he's still with his wife. It's been over 45 years and he's still with her. And they had, I'm going to mess this up, six kids, nine kids. It was a lot. It was a lot of kids. I'm probably transposing a number. But I think John appreciated being away from the performances sometimes, maybe not all the time, but he was definitely the one that if he could take a holiday, he would. (laughs) So a little bit of backstory there, but I just think it's funny that Roger had such strong emotions and opinions about this when he's one of the first to come in and defend pretty much anything they've done. Well, pretty much anything. There's an asterisk with that statement. And that's something we'll talk about more much later in the guy's catalog. Now, I've heard Brian specifically say that John used a Fender Rhodes, but I've also read it was a Wurlitzer EP200, not a Fender Rhodes or a Honer Planet, as it's usually misattributed. So I don't really know what to believe, but I'm honestly, I'm more likely to believe Brian because he was there. (laughs) So all written evidence to the contrary, or at least what I read to the contrary, Brian, I'm going to go with you. Let's just say it was a Fender Rhodes. You're My Best Friend is one of Queen's most sampled songs used in shows, films of all kinds and genres. The King of Queens, EastEnders, Family Guy, Shaun of the Dead, The Simpsons, Good Omens, The Breakup, and plenty of commercials. In the music video, which features the guys jamming amongst a thousand candles and a massive chandelier, John is playing not his bass and not a Wurlitzer, but a grand piano, oddly enough. (laughs) Now, maybe, maybe some people wouldn't notice. I immediately see it and go, that's jarring. That's weird, but, you know, whatever. Close enough, (laughs) I guess. When this song was released, Sounds wrote, quote, it'll be an absolute smash, beautiful harmonies, strident guitar chords, and Freddie in superb voice, instant number one, unquote. Now, this didn't reach number one, but it did hit the top 10 in many countries, and fans adore this song. Yep, even the ones who love the heavy rock numbers. Comments from fans heap praise all over this, claiming to use it as a wedding song, a best buddy song, a song for your dog, etc. Even extreme guitarist Nuno Bentoncourt said, quote, normally I think any other band that sang that lyric, you're my best friend, people would throw things at them. But what a beautiful song, just the conviction of doing a simple pop song well-crafted, unquote. I love that. I, I found that little gem in this about the making of your My Best Friend feature thing. And I love that because he's absolutely right. How many rock bands could pull off your My Best Friend? How, how many could not only say that in a song, but use it as the title? Not many. This was an extremely accessible record that especially American audiences, particularly radio stations, Absolutely adored. It's still one of Queen's most played songs in the States. And it's true. Grocery stores, commercials, all of it. This song sticks. And I got to say, it, it is one of those numbers that even more than some of the more bombastic rock hits the guys have had, this one seems to float out there more often than almost any other song. 
When it begins with that distinctive electric piano, you may not even be sure this is Queen. Then so that's Celesta, yes. Oh, the brightness. This is adorable and so happy. But it can't be Queen, can it? Oh, yes. Roger's drums pound in and those vocal harmonies layer over with buttery delivery and warmth. Ah, uh, Freddy. This is one of his sweetest, most tender and innocent vocal deliveries. And I wonder if John gave him direction or if Freddie just kind of went for it. There's a longing, a yearning, almost a whisper at times. It's so sweet. There are verses, choruses, and a bridge, but everything is kind of varied, unpredictable, and thrilling because of it. Brian's lyrical guitar in that, is that the second verse? That's so good. Those cymbal laden arrangements from Raj, the extraordinary wall of vocals the guys deliver. This is indeed queen, without a doubt. A very poppy and treble heavy queen with those high frequencies glistening in this song. This drum beat reminds me of Killer Queen, actually. The way it kind of trudges along with simple, basic shuffling and swing structure. It's easygoing, delightful, suggesting this warmth and energizing love between John and his wife. And yeah, maybe I'm just imagining it, but if it's true, it's brilliant. To get the glittering Celesta and that sharp and clear electric piano against Queen's hallmark, big drums and impeccable guitars. This, this is a unique and polished pop number from the boys and we have John to thank. Roger may have thought this was way too soft. I mean, he hated that lyric about being happy at home. But I think everyone loves a softie like this sometimes. These lyrics, you make me live whenever this world is cruel to me. You, you're all I see. You make me live now, honey. Oscillations, inversions, slides, the way the boys and especially Freddie deliver these lyrics is pretty perfection. It's almost Motown or 50s inspired. I love it. And I can't believe I didn't know this was Queen. Talk about a wake-up call. Everything here sits comfortably against everything else. In poppy, peppy unison, as obvious and iconic as that electric piano is, I think musically, that dreamy Celesta is probably my very favorite thing here. I want someone to write a song like this about me. <laughs> Seriously, just make me melt already. It's bubbly, sincere, full of joy, and this sonic experience explosion of sunshine as it should be that lyric you're my sunshine what else can i say about this number this was surprising coming from the guys as it was released chronologically after their single bohemian rhapsody i mean what a contrast we go from that rock opera to this buttoned up little pop ditty that is incredibly catchy and i think it proves their absolute versatility. And again, for the American audiences, this was massive because suddenly the guys were more accessible. Suddenly they had something very, very catchy with a hook. Not the killer queen didn't have a hook, but I think this comes out in a way that gets under your skin and gets into your head and you can't shake it in a very, very good, cheerful, warm way. It lingers with you. It's easy to sing. It's fun to sing. Ooh, you make me laugh. And I love, 
I love Freddie's voice here. Again, he's restrained. He's softer. He's a little bit kind of sexy. I, I actually saw some comments from someone that said there were some there was some very suggestive sexual lyrics in here. And I really don't get that. The only thing remotely sexual in here is that little moan that Freddie does towards the end where he goes, oh, you're my best friend. And it's not, <laughs> it's not overtly sensual or suggestive in any way, I think. It's just, it's sincere. It's honest. It's, it's straightforward. It is what it is. And that's why I love it. This song is, honestly, it really is one of my favorites. I, and I think most people agree with me. This is one of those numbers that whether you really love Hard Rock and Queen or you're, you're totally against that grain and you prefer the things that are much lighter on the ears, like the, you know, Radio Gaga and things in the 80s that were more pop-inspired in general, this is one of those things that kind of bridges that gap between the rockier stuff and the poppier stuff. And here it is, this soulful, poppy number from John. What a brilliant number, John. I don't think I've talked about him enough going through this. This is fantastic. This is surprising. I have to say it again. This is his second song for the guys. And he busted out as a single. And it does remarkably well. And it's one of their most recognized songs ever. Awesome, John. Props. I mean, what a great, what a great written song. What a great piece of composition. Clever, cute, enduring, and very endearing as well. But that is You're My Best Friend. What a fun little song. I almost wish they had done more with it live. It, it always seemed, it was effective live, but I feel like it lacked simply because it didn't have the electric piano. We didn't have the Celesta, which I love so much. And it was always good, but it needed something else. And maybe they should have extended it. I don't, I don't know. I'm always trying to direct them <laughs> with performances that have already passed, you know? But that's just my imagination and wanting more of this luscious love number. Thank you, John. And thank you guys for listening in all about You're My Best Friend. Go check it out. If you've heard it a million times, go listen to it again. And focus on one thing. And only one thing, maybe the baseline or the Celesta. Just focus on something you don't normally listen to when you hear this. And I think you'll have fun with it. Rock on, guys. Chill out with this happy little summery number. It's kind of perfect for a summer day. And I'll be back again next time. Keep yourselves alive. I'm really excited for the next Queen Deep Dive because it's another massive shift in style, but it's also quite notable for its number. More on that later, guys. Have a fantastic rest of your day, rest of your evening, night, life, and all that jazz.